Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The Tradar, a Spotify Top 10 Traitors podcast. My name is Matthew, I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am a 100% faithful fan of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series, The Traitors. This podcast features deep dives into every episode of the show, as well as interviews with contestants. And this season of the podcast is dedicated to season two of The Traitors US. As well as podcasting, I work in the development department of an unscripted TV company, and I write fiction and poetry and various other things. And I'm David Bloomberg, and as most listeners know, I've been covering reality TV for over 23 years, online, in newspapers, on my own reality TV websites, on podcasts, on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram, and also on Twitter and similar platforms. So basically, look anywhere, you'll find me. Now, today we will be discussing episode six of The Traitors US, and I think this is a good episode to discuss because there is a lot going on here. Before we get there, it's time for some Traitors updates and TT news. The Traitors has won its first award of the year, and I say first with deliberate emphasis. <laughs> the show took home the Real Screen Award for Best New Format. The award goes to IDTV, the company who originally formatted the game and owned the intellectual property of the format. The Real Screen Summit is the largest conference in the world for the industry in terms of unscripted TV, and is being held this year in New Orleans. In fact, it finished just yesterday, and some of my colleagues were there. <laughs> some final Traitors UK ratings news. The finale of the UK show peaked with 6.9 million viewers over here. That's more than 10% of our population, with an average of 5.5 million when it aired on Friday the 26th of January on BBC One. 
That made it the most watched programme on TV for the week up to that point and has been considered an enormous success by the TV press, especially when the season one finale reached 3.1 million and even that was considered a huge hit. The first season in the UK then went on to win BAFTAs, National TV Awards, Royal Society of Television Awards and several others. I'm pretty confident the show is going to repeat all of that and more later this year. And this isn't really news, David, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about, I know this is the US show, but (laughs) I think it's interesting that here in the UK, like I I just said, you know, in terms of viewing figures, the show is huge right now. It finished a week ago, but still it feels like traitors mania right now. The contestants are still all over TV. They are on morning shows, radio, even the actual news is covering the traitors, social media. I just sort of anecdotally, I was at a big festival at the weekend, which you can see on the podcast, social media, I've talked a lot about. And there was a a quiz event uh, during the day on Saturday. And during the, you know, it was just a generic sort of pop culture quiz. There was an entire round dedicated to the traitors. And (laughs) in one of the other rounds, which was a sort of picture round, you had to identify the celebrity from their hair. One of the answers was Claudia Winkleman. Another was Diane from Traitors UK. That's how much people are obsessed with it. Uh, you'd, even you'd, on, you'd better have you'd better have done well on the quiz event. I, you know, halfway through my team was winning. By the end, we didn't win, but I, I, because I truly feel we were cheated. Um, <laughs> but even on on the train home from England back to Scotland. I could hear people talking about the traitors on the train. People were talking to each other saying, oh, did, have you seen the end of the traitors? I really had to bite my tongue not to leap over my seat and get involved in the conversation. I didn't, uh, but it just, it's its really, it's really everywhere right now. So I, I'm hoping that this continues and in the US, that's sort of, well, it sounds from the sounds of it, David, it's, it's like the sort of number one most streamed, you know, unscripted format right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little unclear if it's the number one streamed unscripted on Peacock mm-hmm. or anywhere, because the thing about the different streaming services is they don't willingly share their numbers usually. Yeah. So like Netflix isn't going to say this is how many, you know, viewers we got on the trust so that Peacock can compare with them. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's just on Peacock, but still the numbers are indeed up. And, you know, with all the popularity, especially in the UK and all the, the numbers being high and everything else, I'm surprised they aren't moving to a twice a year format for this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't actually even considered that. But is that the case for Survivor? Survivor is twice a year. Okay. Um, Which is why you're and, always covering Survivor because yes, it's on yes. permanently. Yes. <laughs> um, and I mean, it takes the summer off, but that's when U.S. Big Brother is generally on. And sometimes there are international versions of Survivor, although right now Australian Survivor is airing and it's going to overlap with U.S. Survivor, which annoys me greatly. Uh, but, <laughs> <I bet. laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm just surprised they're not doing more but i also don't really understand how british tv works like it's the bbc so it's government funded so there's no commercials i guess yeah so 
does it matter if it's got a lot of viewers? I don't know. I I, I truly don't know, it's, you know uh, how that all works. It's government funded, but it is also in the in the UK. You do have to individuals have to pay to watch the BBC. So I ah. pay a TV license. It's like a Netflix subscription, and it's been around for decades. So you you do pay, you have you are supposed to pay to to watch BBC and okay. use iPlayer. Uh, lots of people don't pay <laughs> but uh there are consequences for that i guess uh yeah so you, you you do have to pay and i guess they want they need viewing figures because people will just you know refuse to pay their license and stop yeah. watching so it's yes it's publicly and government funded but they still have an incentive to do well okay so, okay but, sorry to the u.s uh you know this is supposed to be the u.s podcast and here we are going on a tangent about UK television. Hey, well, I'm from the UK, it's allowed. So, uh, I think it's time to set up our game of betrayal and deception. This is The Trader Traitor. David and I have a secret mission from here on in, and that is to tell a lie to one another. Our lie has to be a fabrication or a made-up fact, big or small, about the traitors or about ourselves or anything else. For example, I could lie to David and say that after filming this episode, Alan coming threw a pot of red paint over Phaedra's fur coat, believing it to be real fur. However, I couldn't lie and say I thought I could hold my own against Phaedra in an argument, when in actual fact, I really do not believe this to be true. That would be I believe I could. <laughs> you can have it. Uh, yeah. I'll step out. That would be a fake opinion if I claimed that. So we're looking for fake facts, not fake thoughts and feelings. David, before we go any further, actually, I have something to confess. I don't know if you spotted this online. And this is not my lie. I have not announced the beginning of the mm. game. I have to confess that in our UK finale recap episode of the podcast, I made a, a big mistake Uh when I lied about, well, you thought I was lying about the music that was used in the finale. I said, oh, it's from mm -hmm. the film Interstellar. It's a Hans Zimmer piece. Yeah. I actually was, and you guessed that was my lie. It kind of was an accidental lie because it wasn't from Interstellar. It was from Inception, which is the other Christopher Nolan film that starts with the letters I-N. And it is the same composer, Hans Zimmer. So I, I just got a little bit mixed up there. My... Sister sent me a, a video of her <laughs> listening to the music and showing me what it was. And someone on uh, X left a little comment saying, Matthew, I think you have got this piece of music wrong. So it wasn't, it was an accidental lie. So I'm sorry. So what you're saying is I get credit for the win last time. <laughs> Update the that, scoreboard. I'm saying the game is null and void from last time. There's no, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it's like how the U.S figure skating team just got awarded the gold from the Olympics two years ago because the, uh, uh, you know, cause they determined that one of the Russians was using an illegal uh, drug and it's like, you know, you can never get back the feeling, but at least I have the gold. I'm not, I'm not willing to concede that yet. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> moving forward, are you ready to betray me with a deliberate lie, David? Ah, uh, we'll see. Okay, I'll I'll try my best to. <laughs> and our game begins now. And it means it's time to talk about episode six of The Traitors US season two.
We start off with our recap. We're reminded that Kate Chastain has returned. And by the way, I totally misunderstood. You know, I'd seen little clips in the social media that she was Kate, the return of Kate Chastain. I mm-hmm. thought she was just back for a one-off funny cameo. She's just here permanently now. Oh, yeah. No, I had seen that she was going to be playing. There is a U.S., a very famous U.S. Big Brother player. Many, including me, would say the best to ever play, especially after what happened this episode. But we'll get to that. Um, But he is going to make a cameo appearance later in the season. Um, Probably in the episode where I won't be here to explain it to you. But... um, but no, I knew I had seen that that Kate was coming to play, which was why I was so annoyed. Ah, I see. Uh, I was a fool, but I'm secretly quite happy just for the comic relief she provides. And she's playing as a faithful, of course. We are reminded that Bergy and Trichelle found shields in the mission, but all of the players who could have won shields made an agreement not to reveal whether they found them. Peter plotted to reveal that he had a shield, which was a lie. And he wanted to reveal this to people he thought were traitors, including Parvati and Dan, to test them. I still don't fully understand this plan, but we'll get to that. (laughs) And, well, I understand the plan, but I think it's a flawed plan. Janelle and Dan went at one another at the round table. Janelle was banished, called them all idiots. And Dan was determined to murder Bergy, but Phaedra and Parvati weren't so sure. Yes. I... Maybe I just read the episode wrong. I thought we were left on a kind of cliffhanger about where the murder was going. But within 30 seconds of this episode, it's made utterly clear what's about to happen. Yeah, it was an interesting start because, I mean, I I never felt it was a cliffhanger. And I think we discussed that. I discussed that with uh, Laura on the last podcast that... Um, you know, it didn't seem like a cliffhanger because you even had a confessional of Dan talking about having made the decision in the past tense. And so it seemed like it really wasn't a cliffhanger. And yeah, they didn't even pretend that it was at the start of this because it was just like, nope, you know, Alan is like, and here we go, let's go to breakfast. And so it was like, oh, that's odd. Okay. Yeah, it's a strange choice. Yeah, Alan Cummings' voiceover tells us there will be no murder. Here's what they tried to do. Mm-hmm. Ha ha, Berg had a shield. Yeah, I, I was thrown a bit. I I mean, it, doesn't, it didn't really matter, but I just thought, why not show them discussing a couple of other options and then mm-hmm. leave, leave it up to, you know. But hey. I mean... Yeah, there was no cliffhanger. And then this week, uh, you know, to jump a little ahead, there's no cliffhanger. So, well, it's really, it's, isn't there? It's, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we'll get to it, but I, I don't mean, think there's a cliffhanger at all. I mean, it's pretty, pretty obvious what's probably going to yeah. happen. But yeah. I guess if you've never watched the show before, you, you may not know what right. Peter will do right. next. Uh, so, at breakfast, again, Kate's here and I'm still thinking, oh, wow, she really is just here now in the game. Okay. Uh, I wonder how much did they pay her <laughs> to make her come back into this again? We see a clip of uh, Parvati saying, I'm really hoping that Bergy does not have a shield and let this murder come off without a hitch. Of course, as viewers, we, mm-hmm. now, we know what's going to happen. Dan is also hoping that his huge gamble pays off. <sighs> this... <laughs> yes this whole decision just seems nuts to me 
Why? Oh, it's terrible. It's 100 percent terrible. Yeah. Dan and, and I actually just posted a TikTok about this this morning uh, because, yeah, Dan says he knows it's a risk to have gone after Bergie. But to get a big reward, you need to take big risks. And my question is, what reward? There is no reward here. It is early in the game. Bergie was just one player. There were plenty of other possible targets who could have been taken out without any risk at all. And so to me, I felt like it was Dan uttering a meaningless cliche. Oh, to get the big reward, you got to take the big risk. But there has to be a reward there. There is no reward. It's not like Bergie is like the absolute super sleuth. And if he's gone, then everybody else will fall in line and follow Dan. Yeah, it's it, it's just dumb. It is. It's dumb. That's the only word I can say. Dumb. And I expected much better out of Dan. Yeah, it's a common sort of question I kept asking myself throughout the episode. Why is Bergy such a, a threat? I, Unless there is, you know, there is really intense editing out of something Bergy is saying that makes him this incredible player. I'm like, what am I missing here about Bergy? Why did he care about... So, I, yeah, I, I just am so confused from beginning to end about why Dan was so willing to go after one of the people who, who might have had a shield. It, I, I, yeah, it yeah. was, you know, I know Bergie said, I'm going to write down your name. OK, fine. He was targeting you. You know what? So was Peter. So was everyone in Peter's yeah. group. It's it is. Oh, uh, yeah, it's just such a terrible, terrible decision. And, you know, and, I, you know, we discussed this at the end of last week's podcast, although you weren't here. So, um, you know, it was such a obvious trap that Peter set up it was so obvious. Parvati's like, why would he talk to you about it, Dan? He doesn't even really like you. Yeah. And and Dan just completely fell into it. I, I don't know. It it reminds me of on House of Villains. There was a player whose name suddenly I forget, who just basically blew up his own game, totally blew up his own game. And everybody's like, wow, that was a really stupid thing to do. Why would he do that? And then it came out, he had made an extra commit. He had made a commitment to be on another show like that yeah. week. And so it turned out, oh, that's why he, you know, and he didn't even come back for the reunion, not, the reunion, the the what's the word I'm looking for? Finale. The voting, the final kind of jury vote with the players that yeah. come back. Yeah. So it's like he, he had double booked himself somehow. <laughs> but I mean, that's what this looked like. It was just so bad. Yeah. I mean, I sort of wondered if anything, you know, he so Dan wants to kill Bergie because Bergie's out to get him. And I thought, Dan, have you considered that this then makes you look even more like a traitor? If if you are successful. So I, I say keep Bergie around and double bluff everyone. And then you no, was... and say, hey, he's wouldn't if I was a traitor, wouldn't I have killed him? But he was trying to double bluff or triple bluff, as it were. <laughs> he was trying to he was overthinking this, I think. He was trying to make it seem like I'm no idiot. You know me. I am smart in these games. And there is no way if I were a traitor that I would murder Bergie because it's so obvious. So how can you believe that I'd be that stupid? Yeah. And he even said something to that effect at breakfast when 
you know, he he said he 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 set it up. He was like, well, obviously they're going, you know, the traders are going to murder someone who voted for me to make it look like it was me. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we're, we're still at breakfast. We've done- we're still at breakfast. <laughs> I thought we would filter out our feelings about Dan through it, but we've just gone right in. <laughs> and I have to say, you know, anybody who's listening, I am a fan of Dan, you know, on Big Brother. And I'll have more to say about that. But don't, you know, I know that there are some Dan haters out there. I am not one of them on Big Brother. Yeah. Uh, but this, I also have to call it like I see it. I am... Uh, one thing I, I hope that I am known for is my objectivity. Uh, and so, you know, if someone I like makes a stupid move, I'm still going to call it a stupid move. Yeah. And I don't think this will be the last stupid move of Dan's in this episode. No, we will, it will not. You are correct. <laughs> Phaedra arrives at breakfast then, and I've written a note here that I now don't know what it means because I've written... David's tweet. So, David, you must have tweeted something about. Oh, yes, I did. I did. I said I talked about the way. Oh, uh, the way she arrived at reception. Yeah. Yeah. That it to me, it showed she's in a very good position. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, hmm, maybe someone should have paid attention to that. (laughs) Yes. Uh, She uses the phrase Bergalicious, which really made me laugh and which turns out to become quite important in the episode. Who knew? That's right. That's right. Uh, Peter arrives and he has his eyes very literally fixed on Parvati and Dan because he wants to, you know, assess the reaction. Should well, I'm going to. I was about to say, should Bergie walk in? Of course, Bergie's going to walk in because right. the shield. He can't. He can't not walk in. Yeah. And Dan, uh, you you've mentioned this, David. He delivers what I felt were the most unsubtle lines ever. He says, "I think it's going to be someone who voted for me." Because they're trying to frame me. I thought, wow, Dan, you're a soothsayer. What insights? Like, it just was <laughs> too much. So eventually it's a case of Bergate, Trichelle, and John being the third left, the uh, three people left to arrive. The door knocks. Here we go. Trichelle and John come in. No Bergie yet. Most of them are very shocked, of course, except the traitors and Trichelle and Peter, because they knew mm-hmm. that he had a shield, so that he must be about to walk in. The door is then almost hammered down. I talk about this all the time. That door needs its own insurance, the way that it is treated in these shows. Well, I wonder if they have a microphone, like, on the door, <laughs> so it amplifies it even more. Yeah, or maybe it's all post-production. That's at, they, know, they don't even bang that door. They're just making some noise for us. Somewhere. I don't know, because that door, I saw it shake when it got banged. <laughs> you know, I mean, that door was moving. Yeah. And it's Bergie who comes in, of course. Dan looks crestfallen. He is faking a smile, but you can see that he yeah. <laughs> realizes his plan has not worked. If if I was Parvati or Phaedra, I would immediately at this point be thinking, okay, time to just turn on Dan. I yes. think immediately I would turn on him now, spend the rest of the day talking mm-hmm. about him. Peter is on cloud nine because he's so happy his scheme worked. Uh, I was kind of disappointed they don't show us Bergie being delivered the news. You know, they don't show him like receiving a, a some sort of little moment where he gets the letter, but he goes, ha ha, I have the shields. Like, we just don't see. But does that. that happen? So, yeah, he even said, so this confused me too. He said, I got a death warrant, but I have the shield. Yeah. And everyone seemed so certain it was him, even though Trishel had a shield too. 
So that was my question was, how do you know it was him and not Trishel? Yes, he came in and said, I got a death warrant, but I had a shield. I mean, in the past, I am not aware of any other time when a shield has worked. Yeah. When someone has said, I I was the one who was targeted. Instead, it has always been like, um, well, it must have been this person who was targeted. Yeah. And in fact, they've even used, I mean, on, on the Traders UK, not to spoil anything, but there is one time when someone says, oh, I had a shield. And it goes from there. And there's no discussion of that. Uh, there's another time. Oh, when I know that there was at least one other time when a shield got maybe, hit on one of the seasons. It may be Australia season two. Yeah. When a traitor had a shield and pretended to use it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think that could be it. So I guess that's a question. Do they get told it was, you know, you were given a death warrant, but your shield protected you? I'm I'm certain that it, that must be the case because of the way that Bergie spoke. Someone must tell them, hey, you were the murder intended victim. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he comes in and he's so certain about it. Yeah, I, I just I'm surprised that televisually they don't show us that happening and we just have to rely on hearing it from Bergie. So it's kind yeah. of strange. Yeah, I do want to say, and I don't know that if uh, if you've gotten to it or not, but when he comes in, you know, Dan has a confessional where he just looks at us and says, what happened? <laughs> And so uh, I, I want to say what happened. Exactly what Parvati said would happen. <laughs> and on top of that, which he should have seen coming a mile away anyway. Yeah. yeah. Very foolish. Yeah. So uh, Peter then takes the chance to speak to everyone. And he he does this thing that I don't think is very wise. But I, man, as the episode goes on, maybe I'm proven wrong. He sort of has a little speech and he said, he, right, listen up. Here was our plan. And he explains what he did. He says, I planted mm -hmm. this fake lie. And I sort of didn't really understand why he was doing this uh, other than ego. So I, I thought, so if you're going to do, if you're going to tell everyone your plan, Peter, maybe wait until the round table. Because if you tell everybody now at breakfast, you're kind of giving the traitors time to figure out excuses they can make up or you know weasel their way out of it. So I, I just thought Peter didn't need to do that. I thought you could see, I'm going to disagree with you because I think too many people wait till the round table when they should be planting their seeds earlier. Okay. And so I do think Peter was, you know, he was telling those who were not in on the plan. There were a lot more people in on the plan than it seemed. You know, there were, <laughs> well, I, I think there were a total of seven people because there were the six in, you know, who were, you know, on the, in the outside group who agreed not to tell anyone. And then, uh, they told John too, because John is just so obviously a um, a faithful, and so, so, but he had still had to tell the rest of the people, and I think it's good to get them thinking this way because there really was no other excuse. There's no, I mean, the only thing Dan Parvati or CT could say was, "Well, after you told me, I told this other person," so it was smart of him to hit them immediately which I believe he did, um, if I'm not misremembering, so this isn't a lie, uh, is, uh, you know, he asked immediately, did you tell anyone? So he didn't give them a chance to come up with that story. Yeah, I guess, yeah. That true. they could have said, oh, well, I actually told Sandra. Um, 
So yeah. or I told Phaedra, you know, or something like that. Um, so I, I thought it was good to to uh, to do this. There's still something about this whole plan I don't really understand, though, and maybe you can t tell me why I'm wrong. I still don't think it proves that one of the three people he told must be a traitor. Like, it, it could still be anybody else that just happened to pick Bergy. I agree with you. It could have been someone else on the in the inside the house group yeah. who just decided to take, to a, take shot a chance and yeah. it was a one in six uh, well, I mean, they probably would have blamed those two if it were Trishel too. So I guess it was a, a one in three chance that they would guess wrong and, and get the person with the shield. But, you know, is there any, is there ever any absolute proof in the traitors? You know, they're always going on things like, oh, they slipped up and accidentally said traitor instead of faithful, or they said we instead of you, or they said, you know, anything Anything at all can turn into something. This is as close to hard evidence as you are ever going to get on the traitors, I feel like. I guess so, yeah. As, uh, yeah, I understand that. I just was annoyed. I, every time Peter was sort of adamant that, you know, I have solved the case, there is no other possible explanation. I thought, well, there are other possible explanations, but... Yeah, but he's not going to bring those up. He's like a, a prosecuting <laughs> attorney. Yeah. You know, you, you know, and this was something when I worked, uh, I am not a lawyer, but I did a lot of testimony and I worked with a lot of lawyers. And and so occasionally someone would say uh, in a in a rulemaking procedure, which is a uh, it's you know, there's us proposing something and other people fighting against it. And uh, so occasionally one of my employees or one of the uh, lower level attorneys would say, well, but you know, we should also point out this thing. And I'd say, no, that's their job to point it out. We point out, I mean, we're not going to lie, but if there's a slight flaw in anything we say, we don't have to point that out. They yeah. can figure it out. We don't have to make their case for them. It's the same thing with, you know, prosecution and defense. And I think that's what Peter was doing here. You know, he's making his case. If Dan or Parvati had wanted to say, well, that doesn't actually prove anything because anyone could have done that. Well, then they should have said it. And maybe they did. And it got cut because it didn't mean anything and nobody bought it anyway. Um, but I think, you know, Peter was absolutely right to make his case as forcefully as he could. Yeah. And it ties into a thought I have about Peter and the series in general, but I'll probably come back to that at the round table. Okay. Uh, Parvati is, of course, now furious with Dan, <laughs> and she says that she wants to wield her power. Uh, she's no longer wearing a hairband. <laughs> what? What? Oh, my God, she must Ditch be mad. Uh, Peter says that he won't... Actually, at this point, uh, so I guess I'm sort of... Uh, it's sort of uh, contradicting what you said a minute ago. Mm -hmm. He says that he won't name who he told about the shield just yet. Um. So he, it must be a little bit later that he names them. Uh, so, he, so yeah, he I said, I won't, it... I won't say who I told. Huh, okay, but yeah, I don't... Point, I... At some point he then does bring it up. Yeah. But yeah. not just yet. Uh, Parv, Parvati, CT, and Dan... Oh, it's because they volunteer. That's what it is. They then... He says, oh. I won't name who it is. Okay. And yeah. they just say, yeah. oh, well, you told me. Yeah. And, and Dan, again, in the most unsubtle way, just goes, you told me, 
but I'm not a traitor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. You're, you've convinced us. Okay, yeah. we're good. Yeah. Phaedra then get, cleverly gets in. I think she goes, well, you didn't tell me. And I just thought it yeah. was so funny that, she, you know, she wanted to get that out there. Uh, Alan arrives, uh, does his usual shtick and mm -hmm. mentions something to do with strength and balance. So he's giving them their little clue for the mission. Yes. And now... Uh, I did have one more thing for breakfast because I yeah. mentioned John is so obviously a faithful. As a matter of <laughs> fact, it was so obvious that three different people brought up that they thought John would be murdered because, like I said, he is so obviously a faithful. And at first, it seems like a good point. And I saw some discussion of this on Twitter. But I take a, a, a contrary point about that. I, I would not murder John if I were one of the traitors because... He's useless in terms of actually finding the traitors. I mean, he can read stuff off really well, as we see later, but he is no threat whatsoever, except as a pure number. He won't get banished ever. OK, but he can be a useful idiot to bring to the end if one of the traitors can get them in his pocket. So in their pocket. So, I mean, they have to accomplish that. They have to turn him into... Well, I was going to say a name, but I don't want to spoil anything. So uh, for other series, but most series have. I know exactly who you're thinking. of. <laughs> yes. Uh, most series have situations where a trader gets a uh, a faithful into their pocket. They believe them 100 percent. Now, sometimes the faithful is faking it uh, and turns on the trader at the end or they realize it. Uh, other times, no, they, they were completely convinced. Um, so if someone can get John on their side like that, then you absolutely want to keep him. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've said this before on an episode. I actually think the turnaround of John is so fascinating to me because in episode one, I think, he one or two, I'm sure it was one, he did get votes at Barry. He almost, mm -hmm. you know, maybe not almost went, but he had two or three votes. So it's, it's so funny now because of because of his inhaler and his asthma. Oh, right. <laughs> but that's I guess right. that's that's week one when no one really knows anyone and they sort of maybe pick up on quite trivial things. But now he's he's seen quite differently in the house. Although from what I've heard, uh, you know, from uh, from British people, uh, he could accurately be labeled a traitor uh for uh, many people so yes um not particularly popular um, yeah. amongst lots of people over here <laughs> so we see some uh discussions around the house after breakfast and again at, at the very end of breakfast we just see dan reiterating how shocked he is and that mm -hmm. he really underestimated peter because he thought of peter as just some guy on the bachelor didn't realize he was actually quite smart and would think tactically well the thing is also i mean and not to downplay what Peter did, because he accomplished it. But I think it was more Dan being dumb. You know, it was it was an obvious ploy. It was an obvious trap. Except Dan fell right into it, in part because he thought this is so obvious. There's no way it's a trap because Peter wouldn't do that. Yeah. But yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, good for Peter for for doing this and everything, but. I don't think that suddenly elevates him to like an IQ of 180 or something. When it, I mean, he's a pilot. I, I never saw him on The Bachelor. I heard he has a thing for windmills. Uh, but 
Um, beyond that, I, 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 I really don't know him, but you know, come on, Dan, don't Dan needs to criticize himself more than he needs to elevate Peter. Yeah. Um, now I don't know exactly when, you know, some of these, because we're talking about Dan, he also said in one of his confessionals, the time for being passive is over. And I'm like, no. The time for being super passive was over the first time someone said you were being too passive, which was days ago. How long? I mean, we talked about it literally in in episode, you know, one, two and three, obviously. But people have been saying this for a while and he's just been like, oh, yeah, I know. I will. I will. And he never changed. And now he's like, the time is over. Yeah, it's a little late, dude. As I I have similar thoughts throughout the episode about yeah. his behavior, uh, Peter to me seems to be kind of on a on an ego trip. He's talking to yes. everyone in the house about how amazing what he did was. <laughs> Again, I, I my my note here is I guess what you just said. I still don't think his plan was as great as he thinks. I think he just got lucky with Dan making a stupid decision by picking yeah. one person out of a possible like fourteen or fifteen that he could have picked. But hey. Uh, so and then I'm going to skip all my notes of me just questioning his plan, and we've already talked about it. Okay. <laughs> Peter asks Phaedra if she'd heard his fake rumor. She completely denies this. Of course, she does. Parvati and Peter have a talk in the kitchen with Dan, seemingly eavesdropping. Although I think that was maybe just some crafty editing, and he wasn't really. Yeah, me too. Parvati asks Peter how she can know that he isn't a traitor. She's saying, well, you know, this is this is a very clever plan of you. Maybe you're the traitor and you, you're, you know, creating this very intricate facade. And he then asks her, well, why aren't you a traitor? And she does this classic thing that I've talked about in the podcast where she stalls for time by just repeating him. So he says, why aren't you a traitor? And she goes, why aren't I a traitor? And then, and then doesn't really say anything. And I, I think he... You have to be quicker. You have to say something yes. back to that. Yes. Peter says, he says something here that I don't, I think he's been a bit harsh. She says, I'm trying to work with you, but you're giving me nothing. And I thought, well, what do you want? Uh, I, I don't really know what she's, I know I just criticized her for not right. you know, reacting, but I'm not sure what he wants from her. Cause it's, you know, how do you believe what anyone says in this game? She could say anything. Yeah. So, uh, Peter and Dan then have a talk and Peter openly says it has to be you or poverty and Dan does this weird job of trying to defend himself and <laughs> it see his, his defense is so laid back to me which is the complete opposite of what you just mentioned what he said he was going to do he said he was going to be a tiger he was going to be a, a aggressive but now he just sort of shrugs and mm-hmm. uh, is is so sort of he says something like uh he says just promise well I actually didn't totally understand what he said what he meant he said just promise me when I say I'm a faithful don't take it to heart I think he means oh if you banish me and I stand up in the circle of truth and say I'm a faithful it's okay I'm not going to be mad at you and I'm like yeah. this is not the aggressive d- defense that you said you were going to do and probably should be doing. So it's uh, I, I just can't really understand Dan. Yeah, I didn't understand that line either. I was like, when I say I'm a faithful, don't take it to heart. And I'm like, well, he's not taking it to heart because he doesn't believe you. So, yeah, yeah I, I didn't get that. Um, 
at one point, and I don't know exactly when this came, I think it's before the breakfast things, but uh, Parvati, as they you know broke up after breakfast, I, I just have to mention this. Uh, she said, I'm very good at surviving. And I'm just like, I see what you did there. Okay. <laughs> Little reference to another show. Yeah. It's time for the mission then. Uh, Alan tells us there is $20,000 available and it's the catapult or trebuchet mission. Yes, it is a trebuchet. Yeah. It is not a catapult. Still <laughs> not a catapult. Yeah. Again, this is, we've seen this in the UK version. I'll, I'll try not to make too many comparisons with the UK because a couple of people, you know, complained, you know, hey, I don't want you to talk about the UK version. That I'm not spoiling anything by saying this mission was in UK. It's not, yeah, you know, yeah. that doesn't matter. But I'll say nothing else about it. So the mission is that they have to collect and carry pieces of this giant trebuchet to the top of a ridge and then launch a cannonball that's not really a cannonball. And there will be shields available, or a shield, I should say. Fergus appears. He shows us the ammo boxes to be found along the route. If you want a shield, you're going to have to get an ammo box. I, I'm Actually, I'm saying the word route along the route. Maybe I should say route. Because... Either way. <laughs> Is either okay? Uh, apparently, see, Wait, I say either, either, you say either. <laughs> yeah, we just did it. Yeah. Either or either way. Uh, some people say route, some people say route. Okay. I have a few of these coming up, by the way. <laughs> <Needs. No. laughs> British English versus American English. I already have flashbacks to season one, seconds before Kate herself references Yes. About throwing the barrels away. Uh, this just, just reminded me. I thought, she's going to do something again. She's, she's not into the missions. She says that she just wants comfort and leisure. And there's another word that I would say leisure. But she says leisure. Okay. They, <laughs> they have to cross a river. Sandra can't make it across very well. I, I thought she won. Did she not win Survivor like twice? Yes, but she is known <laughs> for. I mean, see, that's the thing. You know, I know that on UK Survivor, there was a lot of uh, certain people being like, we must be strong and win challenges. And that <laughs> happens a lot. But Survivor, despite it being taking place out side on you know a jungle island it, you don't need to be a you know literally the type of person who could be dropped in the middle of a jungle and survive it is a, a strategic social yeah. game so people like Suri and i mean Suri was literally the, her famous line at the beginning of her first uh se season of survivor was that she was afraid of leaves <laughs> um so uh yeah, Sandra is you know known for not being a challenge beast. Okay. Uh, they even uh, for a while named there was the Sandra sit out bench because she would sit out from the challenges so often. Okay. Uh, until that was uh, taken by another player who literally never played a single challenge because she sat out every single time. And then U.S. Survivor had to change the rules so that they couldn't do that anymore. Uh, but um. But you were mentioning the river. I don't remember the river being this fierce in UK. It's like they just had a rainstorm or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I remember the river, but you're right. It probably wasn't quite as intense. But that's that's Scottish weather for you. It's uh, <laughs> If you don't like it, wait a minute. <laughs> so uh, we better not talk about Survivor too much, by the way, because some people don't like it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you have to be able to talk about what these players have done previously. Yes. You know, I mean, it's like pretending Dan never played Big Brother. 
Um, I mean, these are all returning people. Like what? I don't know what the show is. Don't talk about it. Right. <laughs> um, Trishel, at some point in the mission, sees it, uh, it's, it, it whilst they're crossing the river, I think, spots yes. one of these ammo boxes like a maniac <laughs> dives for it. As does Kevin. Peter also grabs a shield box. Mm-hmm. Whilst Dan's voiceover talks about wanting to murder Peter tonight, Sheree gets a box too. And by the way, I had previously pronounced Sheree's name wrong and someone corrected me online, so I'm sorry. Alan says, uh, they, they, they sort of reached the end of the mission. Well, and, and Sandra, I, I didn't even notice Sheree getting it. She just suddenly had one at the yeah. end, but I saw Sandra getting it. Um, but mostly because it was there, it wasn't like Sandra went out of her way like Trishel did. It was mostly like, oh, a shield box. Okay, yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, and then, you know, Parvati eventually did as well. Yes. And Alan tells, there's this sort of interesting moment. Alan tells them that whoever puts their ammo box mm-hmm. on the hay bale can lock in their chance of winning a shield. Trishel launches into action like a gazelle, which may, I, I thought she'd misheard, and may, maybe she did. So, so when she started running and literally falls over, I thought, oh, Alan must have said the first person to put their box yeah. here wins. He didn't. He just said, come right. put your box here. But she goes nuts, falls over. So I wonder if maybe she did mishear him. Uh, Kate is, has her box and is, of course, wandering around for, for truly... Well, it's not even her box. It was Peter's <laughs> Someone... box. <laughs> yes. But just because Peter was behind with the trebuchet, uh, you know, uh, then Kate was, you know, other people were like, Kate, put it on. Kate, put it on. And yeah. I have to say, I am surprised she didn't. She, like, for the first time ever, Kate did not choose chaos. <laughs> I mean, she toyed with it. She, for comedic yeah. effect, wandered around. Uh, and she eventually says, oh, you know, fighting for a shield just feels so desperate. And, <laughs> and yeah, she does. She, you know, she doesn't put it down. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think she just wants airtime on one hand. And that's well, fine. yeah, that's that's why I am opposed to her. Yes. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, though, I I also think she genuinely doesn't care if she leaves because she has come for a paycheck. She right, unless the paycheck is dependent on how long you last, and if you hey, if you make it to episode mm-hmm. ten, we'll double it. She and she, I don't think she cares, and she probably knows she's not gonna get murdered because she's not really a threat to anyone. So what does she need a shield for? So Peter picks up his box in the end and locks in his attempt to win a shield. They build the trebuchet, they have to launch the cannonballs now to hit a target, and whoever's closest will win the shield. Well, first, yeah, they build it, they have to shoot the golden cannonball yes. or whatever it was, which I, I, I'm i sure you are as shocked as I am that they got it done with only 33 seconds remaining. Yeah. I mean, every time they're right up against it, it is amazing. It is amazing. And yeah, no, no nothing suspicious here. <laughs> so <laughs> after four attempts, then Sheree is the closest. They of course leave Peter to last to create a little bit of tension, but he falls short and Sheree wins the shield. They've won their twenty thousand dollars for the mission, which means the total price for now is ninety five thousand five hundred dollars. They get back in the cars, back to the castle. Kate, Sheree, and CT are in one car, and Kate is asking about voting for Dan tonight. But 
she says that she's more certain about poverty, mm-hmm. which actually surprised me a little bit. And especially when Sheree says, oh, yeah, she's been on my radar since day one. I really want them to say the word radar. <laughs> and they just keep not doing it. It's <laughs> annoying me. Meanwhile, in Kevin's car, Kevin asks, do you think Dan's still on the chopping block? Phaedra says, heck yes. So she's smart. She knows mm-hmm. the way the wind is blowing and she's going right. to go with it. Kevin then says, this. Th- he says he hasn't done anything though. And I don't know if, whether he means he hasn't done anything to make me think he's a traitor. I think that's what he means. Or he means he hasn't done anything to defend himself. I think he means the first. I think Kevin is actually none the wiser <laughs> and, and doesn't understand why everyone's suspicious of Dan. But, you know, come round table, that changes. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Dan's car, uh, they, we have Parvati, Trichelle, and Peter in the back, and they're asking him how he feels because to them it's pretty obvious he's going to get lots of votes tonight. He's still playing it so laid back. And Peter even makes a joke and says, can I just ask, can the murder tonight be painless? And Parvati says, why are you asking me that? Because Peter, Peter is out. He mm-hmm. knows what's going on, and he is out right. to get both of them. And in Parvati's little interview clip, she says... He's going to have to die. She's sick of Peter. She wants rid of him one way or the other. We arrive back at the house. There are some general discussions that all seem to be centred on Parvati and Dan. Peter is even holding court in the library. He's got his his crew. He doesn't even let Parvati in the room. He asks her to wait outside. I, I, I think this is quite dangerous because, you know, he's... You know, to be the sort of leader of the house yes. and to become the traitor hunter. I think he doesn't realize that this is not a good idea in this show quite often. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I think, I mean, he was technically in a competitive reality show in that. No, he wasn't because he was the bachelor. They were competing yeah. for him. So he didn't have to <laughs> compete at all. But, you know, in I mean, even in the bachelor, there aren't. Well. I haven't watched it in a very, very long time, but I don't think there are alliances in The Bachelor. Like, you know, the women don't get together and be like, "Ooh, we're going to knock these other people, you know, say bad things and it'll just come down to the four of us at the end. Um, Yeah. Whether people are traitors or faithful, if you're out there leading a crew, that's a terrible place to be. You are obviously scheming. I I just think it's a terrible place for him to be. and then to literally stop Parvati from coming into the room, it it's just like, wow, you are just so cocky at this point. Yeah, because I think if he truly thinks she's a traitor, what she does, that's it just seems like not a smart way to treat a traitor. Like, don't let them know, especially when you're going for t- you're going for Parvati and Dan. You can't get them both out tonight at the round table. Right. So pick one and keep the other one sweet. <laughs> So when Parvati is eventually allowed back in, Bergie and Peter are then very conservative about voicing their thoughts and they don't want to say anything. Dan and Peter have a little chat alone and Dan claims he's going to take a shot at his target tonight at the round table, but he doesn't want to reveal who it is yet. And I guess we've covered this and you mentioned it. This tactic is so infuriating. I just think it's too late why are you doing this like just just say who you think it is why are you waiting until tonight everybody thinks it's you it's you know you're leaving it too late to save yourself yeah i mean 
considering who he eventually, you know, that he eventually tries to target Phaedra. I think if he had tried to do it sooner, it would have been even worse. Well, it couldn't have been even worse for him. <laughs> it wouldn't. It still wouldn't have worked. I think he made the wrong decision in who to target, who will, yeah. which we'll talk about later. And if he had made the right decision, then mentioning it earlier would have been a better thing to do. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, another one of his litany of mistakes this time. Yeah. Uh, and and in fact, we we cut to a, an interview clip of him saying he's going after a fellow traitor. So I thought he meant poverty. Me too. I absolutely was certain because that would have been the smart move. Yeah, my my the note that I've made for myself here is just clearly parv. <laughs> so, right. So I was my, shocked. My note says, uh, which I presumed would be poverty. Yeah. Yes. He is then talking to Trishel in the kitchen and he says the sentence to her. He says, I know who one traitor is. And I still, I thought this is so suspicious sounding. Why are you saying this? I don't know. They do this all the time. They're, mm -hmm. They talk with such confidence. I just, I just thought it was too much. Uh, and he has another chat with CT as well, which is quite similar. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's time for the roundtable then, pretty much at this point. Alan does his spiel, and then Dan begins and says, all right, I'll say it. Here we go. Since day one, I've been watching one person, and it's time for that to come out. And we cut to a series of utterly shocked faces around the table. <laughs> I don't think they're shocked because they're anticipating who he'll name. Right. I think they're shocked that he has now adopted an entirely new persona. I think they're like, what are you doing? This is the most yeah. you have spoken. Yeah. Why are you behaving this way? He's, he then says, let's play a little game of one question for everyone. And he wants them to raise their hand if their name is, is, uh, has been written one, at least once at the round table. And I just immediately thought this is so patronizing if I, if I was there i would be rolling my eyes i'd be like i'm i'm not doing this i'm not raising my hand for you shut up you're not alan <laughs> alan asks us to do things like this you're not the host and he then says well uh now you know put your hands down or whatever and he's looking to the quiet people who have never received a vote and they are just sort of lurking in the background and he says next i want to look at the strange voting habits of everybody he runs through Sandra, Sheree, Bergie, and he picks out sort of people they voted for along the way. 
but then explains it away himself and he says well sandra i i can see why you voted for this person you explained it sure mm-hmm. you had a funny vote but i i get it and he says bergy you just go with the crowd so that's okay <laughs> it's really strange and he says this leaves poverty in phaedra before he even goes any further, and I still thought he was going to now narrow it down mm-hmm. to poverty, I just thought this is the worst idea ever because even if you stay in the game and you get one of them out, you now have to face the other one in Traitor's right. Tower. So you'll have zero trust between you. Why are you doing this? He says poverty voted for Kevin and he thought that was very strange. I don't think that was strange because when she did that, several people voted for Kevin. Uh, and they all said it was because he was mm-hmm. an actor and they thought he would be really good. Right. And he says, but hey, Parvati, you, you explained yourself, so I can forgive that. So that leaves one person, Phaedra. Phaedra, you you had a vote that hasn't been explained. And he, he says that she voted out Ek and Sue and no one ever questioned it. And the next day, Ek and Sue was murdered. And he says that her reactions at breakfast are, are really weird. That, so before... Yeah, before the breakfast reaction, the way he did this, he cherry picked votes like he had already concluded. That he would go after Phaedra, so he was searching for reasons, so he lists off all the five people who had voted outside the norm, in his opinion, and then discounted the four he didn't want to talk about. (laughs) He could have just as easily discounted hers. There was really nothing different about hers than anyone else's. Yeah. But he wanted to target her, so he left it in there. Um, and then you mentioned the weird breakfast reactions. I thought he was going to talk about her concentrating on food like we saw this week and last. Like last week when she was searching for a boiled egg while everyone else was <laughs> upset about the murder victim. And even this week, she said something. I don't know if she was like cutting bacon or cutting. I, I don't know what she was doing. Uh, but it was something else where she was concentrating on the food. Yeah. And no, he doesn't even mention that stuff. You know, it's that she's over the top and, um, you know, she will never get her name brought up because everyone likes her, which is the most suspect thing. And and, you know, Kate fires back and it pains me to say this, but I agree with her because as he says, Phaedra's reactions were a little bit extra. Kate yells, have you seen her? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. It was just comedy gold. And Phaedra yes. even says, I'm very extra, baby. I do too yeah. much because you do too little. <laughs> just <laughs> brilliant. She should she should be like a comedy writer. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's just nuts. And... Phaedra says, you know, not having your name ever written down doesn't mean you're a traitor. Lots of people have never had their name written down. She explains the Ekinsu vote anyway. She's like, well, uh, no, I had a good reason for that. It's because Ekinsu changed her story about Janelle. I think this was to do with the graveyard mission where they were. Right, it was. Yeah. Uh, And Phaedra just continues to be totally bemused and puzzled. Uh, She then brings up, Phaedra then brings up uh, the obvious that, you know, the whole Bergy shield thing. Mm-hmm. Dan, you thought Bergy didn't have a shield and Bergy then had a murder attempt on him. Isn't that a strange coincidence? And Peter talks about it too. He says, I told Dan, Parvati and CT that I had the shield. That means one of you has to be the traitor. That's for sure. 
And I'm at this point saying, no, no, it doesn't mean that at all. But hey, we've talked about that. Mm -hmm. uh, Parvati brings up Peter's clique. She says, if you're not in, uh, if you're not in his little clique, you're going to get murdered or banished. And she, she, one of the things that she's been questioned about is that she's been very close to Dan and been very trusting mm -hmm. of him. So now she tries to explain that and says, well, well, <laughs> well, she doesn't get very far because Peter interrupts, and she gets mad at that and. She's like, hey, don't have a go at me because I'm defending myself. Just because you defend yourself doesn't mean you're a traitor. Mm -hmm. We've seen this at every round table so far. People get very vocal about defending themselves. We banish them. They end up being a faithful. Peter is just not buying any of this. His mind is made up. I mean, quite rightfully, yeah. you know, quite rightly. Yeah. He he knows it's Dan in poverty. So he's kind of just laughing it all off. Like, hey, everybody, don't buy any of this. They are traitors. It's time for the vote then. Here we go. Phaedra is first. Of course, she votes for Dan. Sandra does the same. Peter, then Peter votes for Parvati, which I wasn't really expecting, but he then explains why. He says, look, I know everyone's going to vote for Dan, so he doesn't need my vote. I just kind of want to make a statement, and I want you all to remember that I'm doing this because I think she's a traitor. John, Which I think goes to... I... I... <sighs> I think there must be rules. When you reveal your vote, you can talk about the person you voted for. Yeah. And yeah. because like in the UK, uh, uh, Claudia had to shush someone who was firing back. Yeah. And, you know, and then from that point, they could, you know. So I think there's a rule that you can talk about the person you're voting for, which would make sense then for him to talk about, you know, to vote poverty so that, he could talk about her. Whereas if he had voted Dan, he really couldn't have. I mean, maybe he could have and wouldn't have gotten in trouble, but I, I, I don't know. This is my read on the situation. Yeah. Uh, speaking of strange speeches, John is next. He votes yes. for Dan with the most old school English parliamentary speech anyone has yes. ever given. It's just it's so ridiculously over the top. Uh, <laughs> Poverty votes for Dan, followed by Kevin and Trishel, who do the same. It's Dan's turn. <laughs> he continues to vote for Phaedra. So at this point, we have six votes for Dan, one for Poverty, and one for Phaedra, which is quite interesting because that is all three traitors. Yes. And then it's a landslide from here on in. CT, mm -hmm. Sheree, Bergie, Kate, MJ, they all vote for Dan. Fade, we see lots of interview clips of Phaedra. She is in full cartoon character self parody mode it's just it, it's great uh, she she's giving lines that she wants to be used in the trailer for the season she knows what she's doing i guess that's that's a sort of no she's not an thing. actress she <laughs> made it very clear she is not an actress of course of course yeah. it's all yes completely genuine um Dan says, uh, uh, you know, it's time for Dan to come up and give his speech. He says that no one ever wrote his name down in Big Brother. So I guess Correct. this is a thing. He never got mm -hmm. nominated. And then reveals, of course, he is a traitor. Off he goes, tells them to have fun on his way out. There's a big reaction. It's, you know, it's their first traitor. Mm -hmm. Lots of celebrations. They're cheersing one another. And we see Dan in his clip admitting he made a huge mistake by coming after Phaedra. So, so at least he realizes it. 
Well, okay, so a couple things. One, I just want to mention, you mentioned nominated. Remember in the U.S. Big Brother, they get voted out ah, oh, yeah, by, yeah. The, by their fellow house guests. So I don't remember if he was ever, well, he definitely was nominated because that uh, was the whole okay. point of Dan's funeral, which I sent you that uh, clip of. Um, and so, but it, he didn't get votes to actually okay, okay. go. Um, so... Even that, was he nominated or was he going to get backdoored? I don't remember the details on that. Uh, but anyway, my point is there's a difference between nomination and getting votes. Yeah, um, it's because of UK Big Brother works differently. Right. So um, right. that's in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And so here's the thing. I'm going to launch into a little speech myself here because <laughs> Dan kept saying and continues saying, um, you know, maybe I should have known better than to go against such an eloquent lawyer. And then he says, you know, he, he talks about that and she shredded him and all these other things. That's not the problem. The problem was he chose the wrong target. Yeah. I mean, yes. Did Phaedra also come back at him? Absolutely. But I don't know. He might have been able to go after John and it wouldn't have mattered. You know, um, he either needed to target a faithful or just go all in against Parvati because she already had so much suspicion on her. Yeah. Now I know he wanted to go against the traitor. Someone even uh, Trishel pegs it later, but he wanted to feed them a traitor. So I, I guess that's why he chose, you know, he, he narrowed his choices to two, but I've said before, that unlike in the vast majority of survivor tribal councils or big brother votes, U.S. big brother votes, you actually can change people's mind at a trader's roundtable. But you have to do it the right way. And Dan did not do it the right way. You know, and it's I, I know some people have come back to me on, on Twitter and said, yeah, but if he went after Parvati, at most, that buys him one more vote. Okay, but that buys him one more vote. It's like using an immunity idol in Survivor. Yeah, if everybody's coming after you and you play an immunity idol, maybe you only last one more vote. But sometimes one more vote can change everything. Maybe someone does something stupid and gets you know attention. Maybe there's a twist. You never know what could happen. One more vote gives you another chance. So go after Parvati. There were already people leaning towards Parvati anyway. So get rid of her. Give yourself another day. Do something other than going after the person who was literally being applauded when she walked into breakfast. Yeah. I, <laughs> it makes no sense. And the thing, I, what I was... I was trying to think of a defense for Dan and I was like, well, why did he go for her? And I thought maybe he just thought he could come up with more reasons why it would be her. But then I thought, well, Parvati was one of the three people in Peter's big plan. Mm -hmm. So I thought there's a really easy reason to pin it on her and say, yeah, I know I was one of the three, but so was Parvati. And now I can jump on all the other reasons you guys thought she was a traitor. All right. So, uh, and yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, other people on Twitter said, you know, uh, sometimes you got to throw a Hail Mary. And if it had worked, then it would have, you know, totally, you know, 
mess things up for everybody's thought process because, you know, Phaedra would have been a traitor and it would have taken some heat off of them. But my my response was you only throw a Hail Mary. Do you know what a Hail Mary is other than the prayer? I'm assuming it's a sort of like a wild card, like a last ditch attempt to save yourself. It's yeah, it's in football, U.S. football. And you're, (laughs) uh, you know, you either at the half or at the end of the game, you're down or you just need to score. So at the half, it could be anything. But at the end of the game, you're you need to score. And you are way far away from the end zone. And so you just send all your receivers all the way to the end zone in a big group. And the quarterback throws the ball up there and says a Hail Mary prayer and hopes that someone comes down with the ball. It rarely works. It is an absolute last ditch effort. And and so, you know, that's what people were some people were saying is that's what the situation was here. But I don't think he needed a last ditch effort. All he had to do was target poverty. And again, yes, maybe it only gives him another day, but it's another day. Yeah, I I followed most of that, David. You, you yeah. did use some sporty vocabulary like end zone and receivers, and I got very confused. But no, I <laughs> I, I generally follow what you mean. Yes. Uh, Alan then speaks to everybody at the round table after their celebrations and tells them not to get too comfortable. And he says a predator is most dangerous when wounded. And then we've got this little moment which you referenced, mm-hmm. Trichelle totally surprises me for once gets something right yes and she says she's noticed well that makes me this makes me think phaedra's a traitor and that dan was trying to feed the traitor to everyone but she thinks no one else has noticed this so i thought you know gold star for trichelle that's pretty canny of her maybe some people other people have thought that but we don't see anyone talking about it so uh, they, they sort of debrief around the house now. John congratulates Phaedra on being a great speaker. Peter has his crew in the library again. And Sandra at the bar with some of the some of the women says, hey, should we go and see what the five most faithful of the faithful are doing? So they sort of crash the party into the library. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I do want to say also, it wasn't just that they were there. It's everybody was together. And Peter, like picks up his group and moves into this other room. It is so <laughs> obvious. It's not natural at all. It's like, you, 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 come here. Yeah, and and so Parvati tries to sort of, like, she she observes that that's what's happening, so right. she's trying to use that against him, and he, and say, she calls him a bloodhound. She says, hey, you're kind of controlling the game here. It's, mm-hmm. She implies that it's very suspicious they're having secret meetings. And, you know, obviously she knows he's a faithful and she knows she's a traitor, but she's got to use whatever she can to put heat on someone else. It's pretty much then time for Traitor's Tower. Phaedra is pissed. And she, she says, if I wasn't a Christian woman, I would rip his heart out. <laughs> uh, which I just I just can't stop laughing. Uh, they discuss Peter. They talk about how he's a ringleader. And this is what I wanted to, I sort of alluded to this earlier. For me, maybe I've got a different impression of Peter. Peter has sort of emerged from nowhere. Like the first three or four episodes, I really just saw him as a background, quiet Mm -hmm. guy. I didn't even know if he would last long. I thought he would be one of those players who comes and goes and doesn't make a big impact. But this episode and 
maybe the last one, I guess. Uh, he's he suddenly emerged as this like top dog in the house. Yeah, I I, I mean, obviously something happened that we didn't see until. In, until the mission where he came up with this idea, yeah. but he must have had, you know, some pull, some sway with people before then in order to, you know, get to that point. And we just didn't see it. Then, you know, it's the way of any edited reality show. You focus on the people who are important at that moment. And then suddenly other people become important. Yeah. Um, yeah. It reminds me, I just watched a show on Netflix, uh, uh, NASCAR full speed. I don't remember the the full title of it, but uh, it's basically Netflix's attempt to do what the Formula One uh, TV shows have done. And so they begin this at the the the, the show. It's only five episodes. Uh, they begin it at the beginning of the NASCAR playoffs. And so they're focusing on people who you know look like they're going to do well. And then midway through the series, they interview this other guy and they're like, uh, so uh, when we began this uh, filming, we focused on the people we thought would do well. And he looks at them and goes, and you clearly didn't think that I was going to be one of them. <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, yeah, you're right. And so then they have to pick up in the middle of like, you know, inserting him into the storyline because he ends up making it to the final four. And so it's just funny to see that actually play out in in the show rather than just, you know, the producers didn't even pretend that he had been part of it the whole time. <laughs> uh, whereas in reality shows like this, they just pretend. And then all of a sudden, oh, look, Peter's got, uh, you know, he, he's got his whole alliance here and stuff. And where did that come from? Yeah, we don't know. But here he is. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure he's uh, sort of charismatic and friendly and so right you know, naturally everyone apparently the women on, on the bachelor him. thought so well yeah exactly <laughs> yeah of course he was on that show so hey um and traitor sarah then alan knocks on the door <laughs> Phaedra. So okay so before he knocks on the door sorry to jump in here because i was thinking especially after the little discussion that parvati you know and and company burst in on that the best bet would be for the traders not to murder Peter tonight and make him look more suspicious because he's been going around being like, ah, clearly I'm going to be murdered. Clearly I'm going to be murdered. Much like a certain trader from another certain recent uh, trader series, except that person really was a trader. <laughs> and, and, you know, he's doing this like I'm going to be murdered. I'm clearly going to be murdered. And so the best thing to do would not be to not murder him after planting this idea. Oh, look, he's controlling you. And maybe it makes some people think like, hmm, maybe he should have been murdered. Maybe, you know, eventually people will start to wonder that. Yeah. And then once they get to the turret, Parvati clearly had the same idea that just murdering Peter wouldn't end the problem. And then there's the knock on the door, yeah. which. By the way, why were they so surprised? Had they not read the rules? Had they not seen the previous seasons? Uh, some yeah. people on Twitter, when I when I said that, they're like, "Oh, they're acting." They're I mean, we know they we, out of their skin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know that Phaedra would never act. First of all, but uh, you know, beyond that, they just they seemed so shocked that they had the option of whether to recruit or murder. 
Yeah, I mean, I also mean they just literally jumped at the at the noise yes. of the yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, Alan appears and offers them this option of recruitment, and yeah, uh, Phaedra made it look like she'd never watched the show because she's like, "Oh, is it is it either or? Can, can we do yeah. one or the other?" And of course, Alan explains how it all works. Mm-hmm. They can choose to offer recruitment to someone. That person doesn't have to take it. But if they're going to offer that, they can't murder tonight. So off he goes. Uh, Parvati, or maybe he stays, I can't remember, uh, and lurks in the background. I think he leaves. Parvati <laughs> thinks they need to recruit someone to shake things up. And I, I couldn't quite follow her thinking. I I. I thought maybe she just wanted to, you know, recruit a scapegoat that then they would turn mm-hmm. things on. But then she goes on to suggest that Peter would be a good recruit because she wants him on side because he's, you know, he suspects her right. and he's playing well. And so she'd rather have him as an ally than an enemy. Phaedra seems unconvinced by this. She says, mm-hmm. well, I think everyone else will still be looking at you with or without Peter's help. But but I'll, my I also thought at this point, well, why does Phaedra care? Like, right? Just let just let poverty dig her own grave. <laughs> yes, just protect yourself, Phaedra. Um, and poverty thinks it will be fun to turn Peter against his own crew. <laughs> and Phaedra uses another brilliantly um, formulated phrase, a little analogy. She says, "I'm walking into the hospital. You in the ICU, baby." <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> She is. Yeah. She's this season's Kate, and Kate is here. <laughs> so she's outdoing her with comedic lines. Yes. And she's playing, unlike Kate. So that, yeah, yeah. you know, elevates her tremendously in my eyes. I mean, there's so much here. One, no way did I think they should recruit. They should have taken out someone other than Peter and let suspicions fall on him. And I mean, I think that's Parvati's only way out. Take out someone else, push the idea that Peter is trying to control them and, and and go from there. Now, recruiting Peter on top of recruiting anyone, recruiting Peter is the absolute worst idea. They already know he has an alliance of people who trust him. So he will now know for certain who the other two traitors are and can come after them with five votes right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, Parvati recognized it was a risk that he might turn on her, but she still kept pushing for it. Phaedra was right in her skepticism of the idea. Uh, Just entirely 100% correct. And so, yeah, it's it's just terrible. It's it's I'm almost speechless with how bad an idea it is. And it really does seem let me put it this way especially the way Parvati talked about it, like, oh, let's just blow things up around here. If it had been one of the housewives saying that, I would have been furious. I would have been like, see, they're just here for TV (laughs) time. And the fact that it's Parvati doing it has me confused as hell. She's a game player. Has she just decided I'm not going to win this game, so let's stir some shit up? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I just read it as her being in a state of panic or, or what I, I think she was just paranoid oh god i'm going to go we i we need someone else to take take the heat uh, even though that's not really why they're picking peter right um and yeah i, I totally agree with you he's the worst cho- so, so 
she maybe it's an ego thing with her. She thinks, oh, we'll turn him against his friends. Ha ha ha! How fun that will be. And I thought, no, you're not going to turn him against right. friends. <laughs> That's the opposite. Yeah, all of them have to agree on the murders. So all he has to do, you know, because that's what she was like, ah, we'll get him murdering his friends. No, all he has to do is say no. Yeah. No, I'm not murdering any of those. I don't know what happens if there's a stalemate. But I I mean, he just says no. And that's the end of it. Or he says, yes, murders one of them. And that helps exonerate him because he says, well, why would I ever do that? Much like Phaedra said, why would I ever murder Larsa? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Bad, bad, bad choice. Yeah. So they, but they go ahead. They opt to seduce Peter, and we see him arrive to his invitation. He said, "I think it's he says he thinks this is a really smart move from the tracers." Um, but, but hey, and he thinks that if he doesn't accept the invitation, they will probably murder him. And episode six ends right here. I think the answer to my next question is obvious. David, will he accept? (laughs) Why, yes. Yes, he will. (laughs) Because it's not a cliffhanger. Yeah. It's... Yeah, he's... And again, this is not a spoiler. I won't be specific. Mm -hmm. In the English-speaking versions, I've seen one person refuse the invitation for recruitment, and it didn't end well for them. Other than that, everyone always accepts because... That the idea is, if you refuse recruitment, tell everybody about it the next day, it becomes generally accepted that you must be a faithful, unless everybody thinks you're making the whole thing up. So, and and if and if everybody generally thinks you're a faithful, you're then a prime target for murder, right? So yeah, he's 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 going to accept, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Because especially if he really believed that he was going to be murdered. Otherwise, if he wasn't just making a show of it, and I think there were confessionals, so I think he really did believe he was going to be the next target. So this kind of gives him a new lease on life. And I mean, it really is handing him the, the keys to the game, I think, um, yeah, which yeah. I'll get into more, I think, later in my uh, I think I may have thoughts about that. Maybe I don't. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, you know, literally handing him the keys to the castle at this point. Yeah. Which, by the way, for me, is great because uh, way back in episode one, <laughs> I predict we, you know, someone had a listener had asked us to make a prediction about who we thought would. Oh, uh, yeah. Win. And I, I said Peter because of some other utterly different reason. I said he and Kevin have created a little secret alliance, and uh, Peter will get to the end. Maybe now he will for a completely different reason. I wonder, did I say Sandra? No, I don't think I did. I don't remember who I said. <laughs> Yeah, we have to go back. Yeah, we have to go back and listen so that we can check if we're right. I think you might you might have said Sandra, but oh, I think you said Phaedra. I think you you were. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I I think I did say Phaedra. Yeah. Uh, So I'm still in the hunt. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Unless Trishel gets her. Well, yes. So, I mean, any predictions about how how the game will now progress in the next episode or two? I mean, so. They're going to come back to breakfast and people will realize there hasn't been a murder. So they'll 
bring up, aha, someone has been recruited. Yeah, and because everybody knows that Shuri had the shield, so that's no secret. Right, right. And so it'll be... I mean, then they'll go maybe on a recruit hunt, but it'll be interesting to see if what happens is that Peter says, we need to hunt down the recruit, or he continues focusing on Parvati. Because, frankly... I think he should just secretly continue to focus on her. Yeah, me too. Because it will look so strange if he yeah. suddenly goes, oh, hey, overnight, I've had a change of heart. Maybe we yeah. shouldn't go after... Yeah. So I I reckon he's just going to continue to go for her and she's made a terrible decision. Yeah. And, you know, he'll probably talk to Phaedra and be like, look, you know, nothing against you. And, you know, but I have to do this because this was what I was doing beforehand. Yeah. Unless some player does something wild in the next episode that makes everybody suddenly very suspicious of them. Mm -hmm. And so Peter feels he has to go along with that instead, but I don't know what that would be at this point. Yeah. It'll be interesting because if, if that does happen, and I know I'm, this is a big if, if it does happen and Parvati's uh, banished next time, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting because all the, the Dan haters have been all over Twitter saying, see, see, he wasn't that good a player. And a lot of the Dan haters are Parvati lovers. And so the question is going to be, are they going to acknowledge Parvati's mistakes if she gets knocked out right after him, or are they going to make excuses? If I know social media, they will make excuses. But, uh, you know, I, I do want to, I, I don't know, are we at closing thoughts? I don't even know. Uh, pretty much. Um, we we okay. have another couple of listener questions, but sure. Okay, so... You know, Dan said as a trader, you cannot make one mistake. And he made a huge one tonight. It's like, no, no, Dan, you made a lot of huge mistakes. You did not make one. It was not just going after Phaedra. As I had mentioned, you made a lot of huge mistakes that all piled up. And people have asked me, and I, I mentioned there are a lot of Dan haters out there. People have asked me if I think this tarnishes Dan's big brother legacy. And my answer is no. Because as he said in his circle of truth speech, he's good at that game. But clearly he did not have the right strategy for this one. And he completely misplayed it. Now, did he maybe not study it as well? You know, did he did he not watch all the different seasons and figure out what the best way to play it is? Maybe, you know, maybe he just went in thinking he could do the same thing he did in Big Brother. And... Yes, there are similarities in that they're both strategic social games. But the Traders is just a different game. You have to play it differently. It is a much shorter game. It is much quicker turnaround. You have to take different things into consideration than just regular Big Brother. I mean, regular U.S. Big Brother takes place, you know, the, the, each vote is a week, takes a week. Here... This was, what, episode six? So they've been there almost a week already. Yeah. And so it's just a much quicker game. His go slow and don't say anything routine wasn't going to work, especially for someone who people expected. One, they probably expected him to be a traitor just because of who he was. And two, even if he wasn't, he needed to be helping hunt the traitors. And he wasn't doing that. So. Does it hurt his big brother legacy? No. It Was he a good traders player? No. 
uh, you know, I said at the end of last week that Dan was about to murder his own game, and and he did. Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I I agree with that. I, I I can only assume he didn't really have enough knowledge about how this game worked, mm -hmm. and 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 I, and again, I just think ego is a big part of it. Uh, I think he I felt because he has obviously done so well in Big Brother, just kind of assumed he everybody liked him and would believe what he said. So uh, I, I I think he's I, yeah. I think there was some of that. There was some underestimating people. Yeah. Um. And and yeah. And some people have pointed that out too and said, oh, see, you know, he could do well against the you know the crappy players on a Big Brother season, but he can't do it. And it's like. Eh. I mean, this is a whole returnee season of different types of people. And yeah, he didn't know the background of a, a number of these people. So it was just, yeah, it, he just, he completely misplayed it. Uh, he will never, you know, be on the list of best big brother traders <laughs> ever. Matter of fact, he's closer to the list of worst big brother trade or worst traders ever. Yeah. Um, but he's still in probably the top two of the best big brother players ever. It's always a, a debate between him and Dr. Will. Uh, but yeah, they're different games. Uh, so I, you know, what can I, what can I say? Yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to mention, you and I have had discussions in the past about whether we preferred having the shield be secret or obvious. And, even though Dan obviously made a terrible move, I still like the fact that having it stay secret last week enabled Peter to set the trap that Dan fell into. So it was a game mechanic that allowed players to either try to make smart moves or accidentally make dumb moves. Yeah. And that's the type of game mechanic I want to see. Yeah, I don't mind it as, as a one-off that the players figure out in one particular scenario. I just got annoyed when every single week it happened and it was there was no surprise in it. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I don't mind it in this case. I, I know I used to talk about it an awful lot and get angry, but... <laughs> uh, but you've mellowed. Yeah. I mean, I do think a lot of things had to happen to make it work. Like the six players involved all had to not be traitors, you know, for it to happen. Um so I wouldn't mind other situations like this and, you know, let people make assumptions, let people try to play around it. Uh, it is different because there were people who knew it. It is different from the one you're talking about where yeah, it's like, well, no someone one, on this entire yeah, yeah. team has it, but everybody knows not to say anything because it protects all of them. Yeah. Yeah. That is so I wouldn't mind more of this where some people know, some people don't. And it's a it's a game, literally a game to try to, you know, figure it out or hide it. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. My final two questions for you, David, and for myself are not from me. They're from a listener. So someone on YouTube has asked us a couple of things. They're not necessarily relevant to this episode specifically or even Tracers US specifically. Mm -hmm. They're quite broad questions that will eventually possibly apply to this season. So this is a user called uh, U U D Keys or U D U D K Eyes. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, there, that's their username. They ask firstly, how do you feel about traitors outing other traitors? It's against the traitors' oath, and therefore I feel it's cheating. 
So this is sort of a reference to some things that have happened in various versions of the mm-hmm. show where a, a traitor, particularly on the way out when they are they've just been banished or are about to be banished, give other players a very big hint about who their fellow traitors might be. And we have talked about this in the podcast before, but right. you know, there's new listeners and we've not talked about it for a while. So maybe mm-hmm. just a little refresher. How how do you feel about scenarios where traitors very obviously hint at who their other traitors are? I mean it doesn't go against the rules because the rules say you cannot you cannot say. reveal that they are a traitor. Yeah. And just giving a hint is not revealing. You know, it's like when Dan gave these reasons that Phaedra was a traitor, he didn't say, I know she's a traitor because I'm a traitor and we're together in traitor's turret. Uh, he, you know, gave reasons. And, and lots of times that will happen. Um, you know, we've seen other cases in other seasons where someone underlines their name or they put exclamation points or they give little hints in in leaving. I, I think the hints, you know, like uh, if someone says, let this be a hint to to the rest of you. Yeah, that's probably going a little far. It's it's them being a sore loser. Also, is it against the rules? Probably not. Um, but. You know, there's some sore losers out there. Uh, I I think from U.S. season one, uh, the traitor who was the last one to go tried giving a hint about the remaining traitor. Failed miserably. It was a terrible hint. Nobody understood (laughs) that it was a hint. But that person is still on media now whining about, you know, uh, losing. So... You know, some people are just pissy and sore losers. <laughs> I can't answer that question any better than <laughs> some people are just pissy and sore losers. So I don't need to add anything else here. Um, oh, well, I, I guess what I will add is just simply something else that I go on about all the time. I still, despite having asked contestants about this, I still don't understand <laughs> how producers really ensure a traitor doesn't just screw up the whole game by saying whatever they want to say. Yeah, no, they take an oath. It's mm-hmm. not real. <laughs> it's, it's just for TV. It doesn't really bind them to anything. Unless they are signing an actual Oh, I, Yeah, I think it's in the contracts. I think in their contracts, it probably says something like, if you are a traitor, here is what you are agreeing to. Yeah. And I'm sure there is a steep monetary penalty for it. Yeah, it's kind there must of be like consequences. Yeah. I mean, in Survivor, there are contracts that they sign. And like you cannot reveal that you are on the show uh except to, you know, your immediate relatives, this person, this person, this person. And they're probably listed out there. And it says you, you know, uh, because there was a case where a couple well, they weren't a couple beforehand, but two players became a couple on the show and were all over Instagram before the show even started. I'm not sure they were even announced as players yet. And they're all over Instagram together. And those two uh, did not get, I believe, did not get invited to the reunion, which to go to the reunion at the time was $10,000 they got paid. Yeah. So they basically got penalized $10,000 each for deciding to spread their photos all over Instagram. There are much harsher penalties in Survivor um, 
in survivor contracts. I've heard upwards of like five million dollar penalties, you know, which, of course, most of them aren't going to be able to pay. These people probably could. You know, some of these people could afford it. Um, most of them couldn't. But I mean, who can reach into their pocket and pull out five million dollars? Uh, but it, it's still I, I'm sure that that's the type of contract it is that forbids or, or that prevents that sort of thing from happening. Yeah. And I guess maybe the reason none of the contestants I've interviewed have told me is because they're probably not allowed to tell me. <laughs> right. So even yeah, though I ask I mean, about it, maybe they're just like, oh, don't know. Um, yeah, there's one uh, one guy who writes about reality TV who has published what he has claimed is uh, an old, like, you know, many years old uh, contract, survivor contract on his website because, you know, the contract only lasts, I don't know, three years, I think, for Survivor, which is why you're not going to see any Survivor players who just got off the show on the traders because they, you know, they they sign a contract yeah. um, as opposed to like Johnny Bananas, who literally went from House of Villains directly to this show. And I guess there wasn't much of a contract uh, restricting him on which makes sense because he still makes his money by being on the challenge over and over and over again. So there's no way he would have come on House of Villains if it said you're ours for a year. He would have been like, no, I'm not. Uh, but I, I, you know, I have never gone to look at this contract, so I, I can't say for sure what it has in it. Um, but, yeah, even the re revelation of the contract is forbidden by the contract until it's over. Yeah. Our second question, I am already going to admit that we don't know the answer to, but I'll ask it anyway and we can speculate. The question is, what would happen in the end game if there are four players left and there is a split vote of two all? So in case anyone hasn't seen any other versions of the Traitors and this is the first time you've seen it and you're thinking, what do you mean? What is the end game is? I mean, what it sounds like that, that the final episode uh, rather than a sort of banishment room, the players generally stand around a fire pit and they have the option of whether they want to end the game or not. If at least one of them doesn't want to end the game, they continue to vote like a banishment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, this uh, UD Keys is asking, what would happen if it was a two versus two vote? How how do they rectify that? How do they... I, I, I don't know. That's never. Yeah. It hasn't happened in any version I've seen. I am sure this has happened in an international version, and this is a, it's a plea. Like anyone listening, people often send me messages from other countries mm -hmm. saying, "Oh, hey, it did happen here in the Netherlands, or it happened in Denmark, Norway." So, feel free to tell me how this has happened, how this has played out in other versions. I I don't know what they do in the case of a split vote. Yeah, I, I I mean, we don't know because it hasn't happened. There was the risk of a split vote, not at four, but earlier in the game in UK. Yeah. And Claudia made a statement like if it's tied again on the second vote, then the person will be chosen randomly. Yeah. But what she didn't specify. So there were people assuming different things here. I immediately presumed it was like on Survivor where if you tie twice, then you go, it's called going to rocks. Everybody picks a rock. We've talked about this before. And it, well, everybody except for the people who tied pick a oh, rock. Okay. So it's the ones who do the voting have to pay the penalty if they can't arrive at a decision. Okay. I see. And so 
that's what I thought would happen. The people who were voted for would be safe and everyone else would be at risk, which is encouragement to not have this happen, obviously, because if it's only one of the people who were tied, then you could be like, "Mm, I don't care if we tie it. It's them, not me. What do I care? Um, And so that's why I think it would be random one of the people who wasn't tied. But a lot of people heard her say it and thought that she meant one of the people who was tied. Yeah. We don't know. Those we, people. <laughs> yeah. We don't know and we won't know till it happens. Yeah. And even at final four in Survivor, you don't do it the other way because you run out of options because at Survivor, you're at final four. One person has won an immunity challenge, so they're immune. And so they turned it into fire making you know i don't think anybody's gonna make a fire at the fire pit so i don't know you know what what would happen in that situation yeah yeah my natural assumption when this arose at some point in uk was when the host says it will be decided by chance that Mm -hmm. it would just be between the people in the tie break only because i thought if it was your sort of survivor version i right. felt like the host would have explained that for the audience but then but again because... it never happened so well, did she need to yeah uh i guess well we'll never know well we right. may know well <laughs> we might know someday but we certainly don't know now we so know now. yes any uh, former traders uh traders players who are listening to this if it's in your rule book let us know yeah. please this is a plea let us know I mean, it may also play out. The, this I feel like this has kind of happened on Big Brother UK, where they're just sort of forced to discuss. They say you've got sixty seconds, just talk about it and make a decision. Mm-hmm. Hurry up and do it. And for every sixty seconds you don't make a decision, we'll take ten grand off the prize fund or something like that. Oh, um, so so maybe maybe something like that might happen. I'm not sure. Yeah. So we are almost at the end uh before there's also though the traders post-mortem show oh of course yes which i still have not accessed uh so i'm relying on you to be very honest david i always i solemnly swear that i am being very honest with you um yeah the the post-mortems are continually getting shorter this one was only six and a half minutes uh, probably because there was no murder this week. Uh, yeah. So there's really only one person to talk to. Yeah. Uh, Dan admitted he couldn't hide the disappointment on his face at breakfast and knew Peter had masterminded it. Parvati realized they'd walked into his trap, which, to be fair, Parvati realized that before the trap was even sprung. So um, Dan said there was a lot that went wrong for him in a short period of time. So he's basically agreeing with what I said earlier. Um, but. I wasn't happy with the way he said it because he said a lot went wrong for him. It's like when a government or a company says mistakes were made, like a lot went wrong for. No, things didn't just go wrong for you, Dan. You made them go wrong. (laughs) You made the wrong decisions. There is only one person to blame here. Um, But beyond that, Dan noted that when he played Big Brother and got into trouble, he would make a big bomb speech and then walk out of the room. But in the round table, he had to stay there and have people respond to him immediately. And, you know, as I said earlier, I don't necessarily think the responding part was the problem. 
Uh, the problem was his choice of who he targeted. Um, but he's right. You can't just say these things and walk out when people are then like, um, except that doesn't make sense. And that doesn't make sense. And that doesn't make sense. Cause like, even in Dan's funeral, not to get into too deep into that, but you saw in the clip I sent you, he says, he turns it on one other person and says, you know what you did. And you know, everybody else in the house is like, Oh, what did they do? Um, if this had been the round table, people would have been like, oh, okay, tell us what they did <laughs> in detail right now, you know? Um, but yeah, he, he defended it here as, you know, he said it's so as crazy as it sounded. He offered up Phaedra because she was so unsuspected that it would catch her off guard, but he didn't expect to get her legal expertise thrown back at him. And yeah, again, that was part of it, but I don't think anyone was biting anyway, because not only see when he said she was so unsuspected. I thought first he must have meant unsuspecting, which it turns out it's both. But he was she was unsuspected. Which is why no one was going to suddenly all change their vote for her. Yeah, there's no way you're getting a plurality of people to suddenly vote for her out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. maybe you plant a seed you know and that's what we've seen in other seasons people will bring this up and then maybe the following week people will be like huh well maybe they had a point but no you're not going to get everybody to switch right away uh as for phaedra she said dan led to his own demise he was acting weird and wouldn't talk to anyone and that kind of personality won't work in this environment uh she added that you can't act like a creepy man and so she was so happy to vote for him after he pulled that stunt that she broke the chalk in writing his name on her <laughs> slate. And I think she added something like, and I really wanted to get up and break him as well. Of course she did. Yes. <laughs> so I probably took uh, slightly less than the six and a half minutes to recap what happened in the six and a half. <laughs> yeah. Now, David, it is time for us to conclude our own banishment we are going to finish our game of the Trader Traitor. Ooh. Ah. We've been attempting to deceive one another throughout the podcast. David, I told you a lie. Did you tell me a lie? I did. Okay. Any idea what I lied about? I have an idea. I almost asked you about it at the time, and I was like, no, I'll wait. Okay, I have a horrible feeling you might know. Because <laughs> uh, you said one person in the English-speaking version of the traders turned down a recruitment. I do not recall anyone ever turning it down. And as a matter of fact, I swear we've talked about this before, and it only happened in like a Norwegian version. And when I say Norwegian, I, I feel like everything happens in the Norwegian. <laughs> yeah. so it's like they're the, you know, it's like when you get to a certain age, everything happened about five years ago. <laughs> um, and so, so I think that was your lie. I can reveal that that was not my lie. That Damn is it. true. And what did I forget? Who, who, so who turned it down? I don't know. Sure the question if, I, if I explain it, then I'm, people are going to say, oh, you're spoiling other seasons. Right. Uh, Fast, skip, skip 30 seconds if you don't want to hear. It was in UK Series 1. Alex, she was very pretty, blonde hair. She had mm -hmm. a the secret boyfriend, Tom, pink yeah. hair magician. She was uh, asked to be... She, they tried to recruit her and she turned it down. 
I do not remember that yeah. at all. Yeah. And then she wow. murdered like two episodes later or something. Wow. I absolutely do not remember <laughs> that. She was also on the Traders Uncloaked a uh, couple episodes oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, which I didn't remember who she was until they said something about, you know, her and her boyfriend being there. And then the, you know, uh, um, uh, yeah, I won't say anything more because then it plays into <laughs> potential spoilers. Uh, wow, I, I absolutely did not remember that at all. <laughs> I was like, why would he do something so obvious? Oh, because okay. it wasn't the lie. That helps. Now, from from here on in, I need to rely on your bad memory. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's... But generally, you've got a very good memory about these things. <laughs> I, I know, just some things, yeah. It, it happens with Survivor all the time. People are like, David's covered Survivor since the beginning. He's talked about everything. He's written about everything. He must know all the details. No, he does not. David does not know trivia. I, I, I just, it, it, you know, I'll watch the shows, but and, and analyze them. But sometimes I'll go back and rewatch and be like, "Wow, I don't remember that happening at all." Uh, yeah, I'm the same. People think that I do know every single mm -hmm. thing about everything that ever happened in the traitors. Once the season is done, I kind of. It, because you watch so many, they just all start to merge together. Right. I can't differentiate. Yeah. Uh, my, I'll tell you what my actual lie was. I, it's a very small one. I misquoted somebody. I made up something that someone said that they didn't say. I lied and said that Dan said he was going to be a tiger, and he didn't use that phrase. I don't even I remember you it. saying that. So, <laughs> um, your lie. Yes. I've got I've got quite a few options actually. <laughs> because well, I good. go with the wrong one. Go with I the wrong one. I mistrust everything you say. Yeah, yeah. You, you start you talked a lot about House of Villains and you talked about a player who left, but I actually think that was so detailed it must be true. You said that uh Peter's a pilot. And I thought, hmm, I would I don't see the bachelor over here. It could be but then I think they picked those bachelors because usually they are quite, you know, wealthy and probably have quite high paying jobs so i thought oh yeah i could be a pilot you said something about oh i haven't seen the bachelor in years and i thought maybe that's your lie maybe you've never seen it one single time and you pretended that you used to watch it you named someone called dr will on big brother i don't know if there's a dr will that could be a complete fabrication i will go for <laughs> The, the the Pete I'll go for Peter. He's not really a pilot. They call him Pilot Pete. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, pilot Pete, for goodness sake. Okay. I failed. So I I threw so many of those things in there and I hid my very simple, very small lie. I said three people brought up that they thought John would be murdered because he's so obviously a faithful. Uh... There were only two. Uh, you know, I just when <laughs> and you if said we that... played, if we played according to my rules, <laughs> I could not have done that. But we're playing according know, to your rules. I I know I forgot to change the rules to not include numbers. Yeah, <laughs> when you said that, I just thought, oh, okay, I, I missed that part. Sure, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Sandra was the first one, and then I don't remember who the second one was because I didn't write it down because I didn't originally intend to use that as my lie. But at the beginning, uh, you know, before we were preparing for podcasts, I was like, I have to check something on here. Yeah, I was trying to figure out where to insert my <laughs> lie because I had nothing. <laughs> okay. 
So even then you were lying before we'd started. Well, I, I had actually, yes, I was. I had put in my lie in the <laughs> stuff we're about to do, but then you're like, no, let's change the order. Uh, and I'm like, ah, oh, hell, messed you messed up. me up. I see. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, now we can do all those things that you thought we would do earlier. So, uh, David, where can we find you? Where can we follow you? What are you doing online? So as I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show, I'm all over the place. Uh, people should definitely reach out. Let me know what you think. Uh, you could find my various accounts through my link tree at linktree slash David Bloomberg with a dot before the EE in the URL there. You could find me at most text-based social media like Twitter and Blue Sky is at David Bloomberg. And on the video platforms, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram is at David Bloomberg TV. And because Threads is connected to Instagram, I'm at David Bloomberg TV there as well. My lie was going to be that uh, the you know discussion on about the traders has picked up on threads, and I was even live threading the episode there, and maybe you'd have believed me, maybe not, but no, it hasn't. I, I mean, there's a few people on each of threads and Blue Sky who respond to me, and I'm very happy to have the conversation, but we need to you know pick it up and and get more, um, but. Uh, going back to the video sites, uh, I've been recently posting at least two reality TV short videos on those sites per day. Uh, this past week, usually three. Uh, um, lately, I finished up videos from the Traders UK, so I think I'm out of videos for that. Uh, of course, though, I have Traders US ongoing thoughts. I mentioned earlier I posted uh, one just this morning uh, as we were uh, uh, before we recorded. Uh, there's some Survivor flashback videos from older seasons that I rewatch. Uh, and I've been doing special Australian Survivor mini Why Blank Lost videos, plus, of course, other videos from that show. Excellent. And as for the trader, uh, as always, you can leave reviews or comments on whatever platform you're using. Uh, it'd be great if you followed and subscribed on whatever it is, CastBox, uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, again, we answered some questions from listeners today. It's always great to get questions. We'll definitely address them. Uh, and lots of people have sort of been asking questions on uh, X, which we've been responding to, which mm -hmm. is great. You can find the podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Tradar Podcast. And it would be fantastic if there was one more subscriber on YouTube because right now I'm at 199. So ah, <laughs> let's make it yes. to 200. I was hoping by the end of this episode, one more person would have subscribed, but I just checked. Not quite yet. <laughs> uh, what's nice is because here in the UK, Traitors Australia Season 2 is now available on BBC iPlayer. Lots of new viewers who've loved the recent UK hit season are sort of going back and watching old episodes. So lots of people going back to the podcast and mm -hmm. discovering old videos on YouTube and old interviews uh, that we've done, which is really cool. The yeah. Podcast. I'm getting a lot of, I'm getting a lot of comments on my videos from Australian season yeah. two as well. Yeah. It's like out of nowhere though, you know, there must be searching, you know, and then they're commenting on uh, some videos of uh, one of the traders in Australia season two, <laughs> uh, you know, who proclaim themselves the best ever. Uh, and uh, so lots of people uh, giving their thoughts on that. Yeah, which makes it all uh, worthwhile. So last year when I was making these podcasts on Traders yes. Australia, thinking, why am I doing this? It's all it's all been worth it. The podcast is also on X or Twitter at the Trader Pod. 
And you can get in touch uh, with questions or just have a chat by emailing thetradeartpodcast at gmail.com. And lastly, if you wanted to be like Shelby, I think it's pronounced Shelby, it's C-H-E-L-B-Y and Goose, whoever Goose is, they've uh, recently donated very generous donations on coffee.com to help out with the podcast. So that is ko-fi.com slash Matthew Keeley. If you want to chip in uh, a few pounds to help with all the costs associated or with dollars. the podcast. Or dollars. Since this <laughs> is the Traders the US book. podcast. Oh, of course. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wrong country. I need to I need to get in the zone. Yeah. Uh, dollars. Yes. And uh, thank you very much again to Shelby and Goose. That was very, very generous of you. Really appreciate it. And uh, as for David and I, we will be back next week, probably a week from now, to cover episode seven of The Traders US. Until then, keep us on your trader. Stay traitorous. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.